the Koi Gig Pod. Tune in and support us, please. We need every little bit of support. Um, we might be outnumbered here in Australia, but we can definitely feel the love from back home. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. The World Cup has finally started for Ireland and although it was a great performance, it wasn't exactly the results that we were looking for with the 1-0 loss to Australia in that opening game. But um, a sensational evening. Sydney was absolutely hopping for the entire day and I don't think I've ever heard an Irish crowd like it. They were absolutely out singing every single Aussie in the place, even though they were outnumbered two to one. To look back on last night, well, last night for me, yesterday morning for everyone back home in Ireland, I am joined by Captain Karen Duggan and Emma Byrne. Guys, how are we feeling? How, I was going to say we've had some time to sleep on it, but I personally have not slept because of my travel schedule. And I know, Karen, you have not had a lot of hours either. So <laughs> how are we feeling regardless of all that? Like it was, it was good to be disappointed, I guess, is the feeling because um, the more you looked into the form that Australia were in, you're or you were kind of like, oh, um, they have a lot of quality. And then obviously you've got the news that Sam Kerr wasn't playing. And that that's obviously going to be a, a bit of a boost. Um, I mean, Mary Fowler came in, so it wasn't exactly plain sailing for us. Um, but getting to halftime at nil all was important, even though it was hard to watch, maybe. <laughs> um, I just wish it didn't take for us to go down to always you know, be a little bit braver, you know, because we can cause trouble when we do get a little bit higher up the pitch. We're just, we were just so camped in the first half, as we expected to be, um, that we couldn't get any foothold in the game until nearly it was too late. Yeah, I mean, half time in 15 minutes, in the first 15 minutes, I was like, this is great. This is great. Yeah. Then 25 minutes, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And then at half time, I was like, oh my God, this is class. This is like, we're doing really, really well. And in general, I think we did do really well. I think we we defended really, really well. Like being positive about Ireland, first of all, because I know we can be a little bit negative, but I think it was a great first game for them. You know, thinking about it's the first game of the World Cup for them, thinking about the stadium they were in against the home crowd. They're brilliant. And I'm so, so, so proud of them. I really am. Um, but like Karen said, you know, that's about experience as well. If you can smell blood, you can see Australia are weaker. Australia were poor yesterday, like when you look back at the game. And I would just love if we had that, you know, killer instinct and start that attack as we did in the last 15 minutes a little bit earlier because you could see they started to panic. They started to bring on their big players, their defending players, because they were so worried about our free kicks and that's the moment when you attack. But um, in general, very, very proud of them. Yeah, I thought the centre backs were outstanding. They covered each other so, so well. Um, but yeah, no, just generally all round, I think it was a performance to be to be proud of. Um, and 1-0 to the Australians is not a bad result at all. Goal difference could come into this group, especially looking at the fact that Nigeria have now taken a point from the Canada game, which was unexpected. 
go beat Canada now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for anyone who is listening to this and maybe just waking up, Canada and Nigeria played in the early hours of this morning. Canada missed a penalty. The one and only Christine Sinclair missing a penalty, which doesn't happen too often, um, top international goal scorer in the world. It was a chaotic game. Um, Canada in particular looked like a team that were really, really hard to break down, but also at the same time didn't really look like they were going to score any goals. So our game against them is going to be really interesting because that's basically <laughs> our issue as well. <laughs> um, but turning back to yesterday night, and just to go back to the start, actually, because one of the questions we asked was, you know, 75,000 people there last night. How are the team going to handle it mentally? Uh, the camera shot to them in the stadium when they were standing in the tunnel. There was some like Katie McCabe, Louise Quinn, who looked like they were gladiators going out to work. Courtney Brosnan looked like she was having the best time of her life but with all the ole, ole, ole's. It's just like smiling away to herself. And that moment when the team walked out on the pitch, like I cannot describe to you what it was like in that stadium. Like the crowd was electric and the pride you felt watching every single player walk out. And then to put that performance in as well. Like I know we will get into the goal and what happened, but you look at the likes of, you know, the stalwarts that you expected to perform well. Abby Larkin coming on 18 years of age and like performing the way she she didn't look like it was a weight on her shoulder that there was 75,000 people staring at her and she had just become the youngest Irish person to ever start a World Cup ma- or come on on a World Cup match. I mean, you got to give this team credit for being in such an intense bubble for so long. And then finally, when they get on the pitch, actually putting in a performance and not just kind of being overawed by the situation. Yeah, it was... It was incredible. And, you know, we give credit to Ireland for, for all of that, all of the above. They they played a very experienced game, which I wasn't expecting from them, you know, and the build-up has been so long. And even, like, I was I was working for ITV, so I was on set. I, I actually couldn't watch a lot of the build-up because I was getting so emotional. And they were telling me the questions they were going to ask me, and I was like, no, no, don't ask me that. I'm going to cry and I'm going to start crying. <laughs> um it was just, it was huge, you know, huge. And I was looking at, because um, they sent through a, a recording of them all saying their names because, you know, well, they aren't difficult names, but but sometimes <laughs> the the English can't can't pronounce, you know, like some Neve and Anya and stuff. And I was watching this video and I was laughing so much because they looked so nervous, even just saying their names in front of the camera. And I was like, oh my God, they're so sweet. They're so innocent. And I was like, they're so nervous. They're so nervous. So when they got out there and I could see that they were like ready, standing there, the national anthem, I was like, I feel better. Yeah, I think they I think they were so ready to play. I mean, they've said it themselves. It's been a long camp. It's been a long build up and they were underdogs, which we love as well. So I'd say they were just chomping at the bit to get out there. And then like having a solid first 10, 15 minutes in the way they did. I think they were like, okay, we're on to something here. And uh, yeah, like I thought it was everything, everything about the day was really like, yeah, Emma said, it's kind of emotional. <laughs> um, especially when you step back from it. And yeah, you were disappointed after the game with the result, but 1-0 to the 10th team in the world in their home stadium nearly spoiled the party. And the way they finished the game kind of, makes you really look forward to the Canada game now. Whereas if we'd finished the game where 
maybe on the defensive foot, you'd be a bit like, oh, there's more of this to come. But I think the buzz is well and truly set in. Oh, I will fully admit that I cried several times yesterday, just like (laughs) overwhelmed. There was one point where I was live on air for off the ball and I was standing outside the stadium and they started playing around Naveen, like practicing it in the stadium. And I was talking about like the team and the players and like you guys and how much this is like such an important part of history. And I could just feel the tears coming. And I was like, this is great. Crying on live radio was not on my to-do list today, but here (laughs) we are. Um... So looking then at the like game and how we set up and how it all kind of unfolded, I know, Karen, you mentioned the centre-backs as like a standout for you and also the general whole team performance. But looking at the Canada game, what can we do to make sure that that last like 10, 15 minutes isn't relegated to the last 10, 15 minutes and us going down by an individual mistake again, which is something that has kind of plagued us over the years, I suppose, when it comes to epic team performances and then there's just one person who has has their moment. Yeah, I, I'd like to see us break out of the box a little bit more. I don't think that having Denise and Rusha that deep is necessary because Neve Fahi knows when to step in to the number 10 and the girls know how to cover each other and I think that that back five need to be trusted a little bit more in that regard. Um, and we need to find a way to release players to get, I mean, it, we keep repeating ourselves to get Katie up the pitch. <laughs> I mean, it's, we don't, it's, we're not a one player team per se, but she's the, the fulcrum of the attack. Um, and when we have her and Denise closer together and higher up the pitch, that's when we're most dangerous. So I think. I'd love to see us go to one holding midfielder and then push push one of our players on a little bit, if that's possible. <laughs> Emma is making faces here for anyone listening on the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, obviously that's that would be great if we could do that. But um, I actually, I'm going to disagree because I think that we did such a good job defensively I don't think we should change anything. What I would love to see is, yeah, Denise pushing higher a little bit, but I mean, we didn't play. It's hard to to, to see how we'd get on if we played through midfield. We didn't play through Denise and Rusha at all, which which I totally get. Um, but what I did see yesterday is I think uh, Marisa Shiva and Sinead Farley did an excellent job covering the the wide players, I was going to say fullbacks, but they weren't fullbacks. The wide players, as in Katie McCabe and, and Heather Payne, I think they did a really good job and more so later on in the game, which allowed Katie and Heather to get higher up because Heather is so good going forward as well. But then the problem is those players aren't natural defenders, hence the penalty, and little mistakes will creep in if they're that deep, letting them get the wrong side of them and things like that. So that's really difficult. But, you know, these mistakes happen. And I think, you know, next time it'll be a little bit different. But I loved that movement from the wide players. And I think it, it worked really, really well. And I think that's what Marisa Shiva and Sinead Farley really add to the team in defence. You know, they know when to drop in. And that happened a lot later on in the second half as well. So I'd like to see a little bit more of that because I think Katie and Heather Payne are so good going forward. 
I thought Heather was brilliant when she got forward. Again, not a natural defender, so I'd prefer to see her as goalkeeper a little bit higher up the pitch as well. Yeah, but does Sinead doesn't have the legs to allow Heather to do that for a full game? Um, no, no, no. We just want to we just want to score a goal, and then we will literally turn yeah, into well, Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess that's what we're trying to say. We're trying to get the fullbacks on earlier than what we did. So it's just about bravery, I guess, in that regard. It's not about changing anything to do with shape. It's just about... Yeah. One thing I picked up on that I didn't love was um, Vera's comment in her post-match where she said at half time that this game was going to be decided on a mistake. I don't want to hear that at half time when it's nil all mm. and you're doing brilliantly. I don't want to be like, oh add more fear of making a mistake because I think we do play like that sometimes we're reluctant you know yeah. in too hard challenges we don't give away a huge amount of freeze but we also don't take risks very much and like if I'm playing the biggest game of my life and someone's like don't make a mistake it could cost us the match I'm yeah. going no, no, like I'm I, I, I hate when my manager Vic would say like in the big games it's only the big games <laughs> would say uh, goalie no mistakes today. And I'd be like <laughs> walking out into the pitch. It's not the last thing I want to hear going out into the pitch. So that it does have a mental effect on you. And to be quite honest, before the game, I thought the same though. I was like, it's going to be an individual mistake. I don't want to say it. I didn't say it out loud because I Yeah, like, don't say it out loud. It can no, be. I don't say. want it to happen. But I did think it, you know, Canada is going to be pretty similar. And now, you know, it's going to be definitely on their minds and, and that's that's even worse, you know, about... I felt so sorry for Shiva when she now when she came off and she was walking the full way around the parameter of the pitch and the camera was on her. I was like, just leave her alone. Like she knows, she knows. She just yeah. she needs some time now. She needs an so hour. So silly. I mean, so silly, yeah. she's not a natural defender. She was watching the ball. It's really difficult. Um, and it's, it's so strange for me. I feel like Australia were looking for that because Rasso always plays wide. Like. I was like, what's she doing coming into the box? She's not technically good enough to play in and around that area. Um, but yeah, it was clever. And it's just yeah, such a shame to lose. Like everyone's devastated. Everyone's texting me about the penalty, absolutely devastated. And there's a lot more than just they gave away a penalty. No, it's because she was covering Katie. We were pushing up. She's not a defender. They were looking for it as well. On them, like looking for fouls or looking for penalties and stuff, the battle between McCabe and Rasso got fairly heated at several different points. And I was chatting to a couple of the Australian journalists last night after the game, and they had said that chatting to the manager, that was one of their things that had come up was, you know, getting Katie fired up. And they were like, I think there was an acknowledgement. It could go one way or the other, as in you could get yellow card Katie or you could get steely eyed Katie who's going to drive through you and get so fired up that she scores a screamer. What did you guys make of the battle between the two? I mean, I I thought at one stage, at least the two of them should have been yellow carded, but the amount of like studs that were <laughs> going into each other's legs and feet. <laughs> Well, well, Katie, Katie definitely should have had a yellow card, hundred percent. Like in, half, yeah, she yeah. she tread that. Line. I think Denise got that yellow card because that definitely wasn't a foul for a, a yellow card for all. One of the ones that Katie put in was right down her ankle. It was not, yeah, I know the exact one. Yeah, 
I mean, she did get away with it, but it was such a brilliant thing to watch. You know, it was mm. a great exchange. Like we were focused on that and getting really wound up, and it's like yes, and it's um, it's what you need. And if you can get away with it, that's that's brilliant. But obviously. You know, she does need to calm down a little bit. Just be careful because another ref, she would have got a yellow and then that's going to change the the game a little bit for her. But um, that was brilliant. I loved it. She totally won that battle. Like that was our side. Uh, you could see they were trying to play down the right, um, the, the left a little bit more at the start. But in general, you know, I, I did think Australia were poor, I have to say. I thought Vine was. Well, I think that was a general consensus. Yeah, I think I thought Vine was very good for them. Um, on the left, just on that, like she, some of the touches she was able to do from those crossfield balls were outrageous. But we just had so much cover there. Um, and they obviously would have identified that maybe as a weakness, particularly from the France game. But I thought that Heather got herself back when she needed to, and I thought Neve was brilliant at covering over there. So, um. Yeah, I think we we really limited them. They maybe didn't play up to their usual standards. Maybe they were knocked a little bit by losing Kerr. But I think I think we did what we wanted to do for the full France game in in this game. What we did against the Americans. So um, yeah, it's just that we feel like there's more to come. That that's that's a really good thing. Once we keep everyone. Yeah, I suppose that is the frustration. With... <laughs> that was the frustration. with yesterday is that it felt like. My dogs are having a McCabe and, and Rasso moment over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the thing about yesterday. I mean, like, if that Louise Quinn chance towards the end or even, like, Katie, if she'd just been able to get the ball out from under her feet in those last, like, five, ten minutes, the whole thing could... We could be sitting here, absolutely. I know we're pretty happy with the result. I, like, I, don't, I think we said on the podcast... <laughs> <laughs> But I think we said on the podcast a couple of times, like, oh, like if we got a one nil result against us, we not you'd be happy, but you would take it. And it's because we played so well that we're now like, oh no, we won't take it. Um do you think that the Sam Kerr injury did make a massive difference to Australia in terms of how they performed? Like I most people I was talking to yesterday felt like they didn't play well, but also from the Australian side, they also felt like we shut them down quite effectively and that if Sam Kerr had been on the pitch, it would have been interesting for them to see would have made all that much of a difference because of how effective we were. I personally think that it was a big, big thing for them. It was a big problem. Not, not in how they play. I think they played the same thing, which was a mistake, the same way. They were still trying to hit those long balls, still trying to get the, the balls in the box and you know, Sam's a world-class player. Obviously, she's going to be a big miss for them. Um, but mentally as well, they looked like they didn't have a leader out there. They looked a little bit like they were lost for an idea. And I think Sam's really good at that. I think she's good at organising, at driving the team. Um, but not it didn't change how they played, which I found a little bit strange because when we were doing the build-up to the game, I was saying, I actually don't think it's a good thing for Ireland that Sam's not playing because with Australia, with mm. Sam playing, they launch the ball forward, they get the you know crosses into the box and she's excellent. But we're excellent at defending that as well. So I'm like, I'm not bothered about Sam. I'm bothered about Caitlin Ford, about Mary Fowler, about the players that play in front. And I thought they were going to change how they played. I thought they were going to try and play that number 10. 
I thought they were going to try and play in front of the back three to five players. Um, and they didn't. They still played that way. And they didn't have that player. And I think what happened was, number one, they're missing Sam, who's a great player. And number two, they also were missing Caitlin Ford because she was playing the number nine. Yeah, and she's, she better, was she's better than twice. To be she's honest. Not, well, she's not, oh. So they actually had two players that they were down because of, of Sam. So I think, yeah, I do think she was a, a big miss for them, but not in terms of, of tactically, but definitely mentally. And well, yeah, tactically, because Caitlin was playing number nine. Yeah, it looked like an incredibly tough evening for her. She was quite emotional during the national anthems. You can't imagine, you know, captaining your country, home World Cup, and you find out the day before you've injured yourself in match day minus one training is possibly one of the worst situations. And to be determined, as well if she'll actually be back so Australia have said that she won't play this game or their next game and then they will reevaluate. but they only have four days in between um, those last two games so you know if you're not fit for that match I don't know how much four days is going to do maybe it will maybe she just needs a little bit of time but um, it'll be interesting to see the general feeling is that she might not appear at all in the group stages if they make it out it could be the the knockout stages before she appears again um I don't want to appreciate it but I do have to take a moment just to say how good Steph Catley's penalty was I mean the ball was I think it was 90 kilometers an hour top bins like no well Emma, you may disagree but like I know one is getting to that <laughs> no 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 it was ridiculous because as a goalkeeper, you expect the player to strike across their body if they're going to put power into it. So you've got two options. You can wait. You can wait and, and react to the penalty. And if they open up, there's a great chance you're going to save it because they're not going to get the pace on it. So for me, for her, a left foot player, to put it in, in my top right or anywhere to my right, to be honest, um, it's going to be a good penalty. But with that power and precision, it was incredible. I was like speechless. I've never, in fact, it's one of the best penalties I've ever seen. Uh, and Courtney Brosnan is, is is good at saving penalties. So yeah, nobody, nobody was getting to that. No, especially, and in the previous game, we'd already seen someone miss a penalty by going for power as well. Um, pinged it off, uh, Percival pinged it off the crossbar for New Zealand. So it is. It's brave. It was brave that the route she went for for that penalty. But yeah, no one saving that. She probably could have had two keepers in there. They wouldn't have saved it. It was top notch. Yeah, it was insanely good. And like as you, it was funny because when the penalty was called, I was like, oh, maybe this is going to be like our Hampton Park moment where Courtney saves it, and then you know it's a big historic night, and then we get like the goal. And I was like running away with it in my head, and then I saw Steph Catley step up and I was like I don't think this is going to happen yeah, <laughs> unfortunately uh, it, it would have been a, a great moment if it had yeah no she looked steely enough going up to it I think she was she knew what she was doing um, but yeah it was, she she was good I have to say like I think she maybe flies under the radar a little bit for them because of Ford and Kerr and stuff but she, she's a brilliant player as well mm. Oh, incredibly good. I love the little like Rye exchange between herself and Katie at the start whenever they were handing over the little flags. Um, it was very funny. It was a bit of a like Arsenal smile of acknowledgement between the two of them. Um, so looking then to the next game, we seem fairly confident that we can get a result. Um, I know you guys only just woke up so possibly and didn't have much chance to check up on the Canada-Nigeria game but uh, 
safe to say it was pretty frustrating for both sides. I actually thought that Nigeria definitely could have scraped a goal and got the win at some stage. Um, you mentioned yeah, just... about penalties there. There was a penalty. There's been a penalty in every single game so far. I think there was two possibly in another one of the games today that's just started. I was on the way uh, to the training session, so I didn't actually get a chance to watch it. But yeah, just <laughs> they love a lot of penalty this World Cup. I looked at the stats just for the game, and I think Ireland will be pretty happy. Like Canada dominated possession, I think 68% um, outpassed them by double, but it was a nil all. We'll take, we, we like that kind of thing, but we might actually go and, and nick one. Um, mm. So I don't think that, like, I don't think we would have had fear for the Canada game anyway, because I think we like playing against those kind of big direct teams. Um, like Emma said, let them cross the ball into the box all day. We'll eat that up. But um, this shows that we don't have the same concerns about firepower with Canada that we would have had maybe with Australia. Um, so again, maybe that gives us a chance to get Heather and Katie a little bit farther up and <laughs> see what happens. Maybe get a few shots on target. Free kicks. That's what um, there wasn't great um, set pieces yesterday, to be fair. But all I um, and so was, towards the end of the game, all I kept thinking, I wish Megan Campbell was on the pitch. Mm-hmm. If we had throw-ins, like they would have been incredible for us. It would have been a massive thing. And, you know, teams panic. Teams oh, panic big time. on the pitch and we have a throw-in. Do you think Amber will feel a little bit hurt done by not getting on in that situation? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm getting texts asking for inside information. If there's any personal thing going on there, which I have no clue, by the way, before anyone <laughs> asks me about my missing <laughs> I've no idea, but I hope to see her. To I think, you know, I think she's a great player. I think she's a goal scorer and uh, she's the reason why we're there in the first place. So, yeah, I'd love to see her getting on the pitch. Yeah, it's something I don't fully understand. I know we talked about it a little bit before that maybe it was because of the set pieces and Vera thought that those were going well at the end, but there were so many balls that we put up that just needed someone who was able to actually take them down and shoot them, which didn't happen for the majority of the game. And it was really, really frustrating to watch. Um especially more so in the earlier parts of the game, but I just feel like Amber would have given us that little bit of a spark. I mean, I even thought whenever Abby Larkin came in and the way she was attacking, it just gave everyone in the team a little bit of a lift and a little bit of a positive reinforcement of, okay, okay, yes, let's do this. Let's actually bring the game to them a little bit more because I feel like if we hadn't had that at that stage, we would have reverted backwards a tiny bit rather than moving forward because it, it felt like things were getting like a little bit slow and a little bit I wouldn't say complacent is like the wrong word but kind of close to that on our side look we were poor in the final third we were when we got up there I mean there there weren't countless number of times but when we did we we have to use it and unfortunately it's quite highlighted because we don't get up there that much what I actually do understand why uh, Amber's not on the pitch and she's great. Don't get me wrong. Like I would definitely like to see her come in at some stage, but Caruso is so good at holding up the ball. Oh yeah. I, I'm not saying that she, she would start. I think Caruso's the the type of striker we need. Yeah. I think she's great. I think we can work on that a bit more. 
you know, I know we work defensively. It's so obvious where we work a lot defensively, but can we work on going forward and get in numbers up to Carissa when the ball goes up? Because she's good at holding the ball up. And then it's about her making decisions. Like she got up there at one stage and she actually did have a few players around her and she just took too many touches and little things like that. Like you have to get right when you get the chance. But so you've got Caruso who can hold the ball up and then you've got Heather Payne when she was up there who works so well closing down and covers spaces. And we have to use either a player like that or a player that can hold it up. Um, but I definitely want to see Amber come on at some stage because, as you said, she's she is a goal scorer. She knows where the goal is and she will take those chances. So it's just, uh, I mean, it's up to Vera when that time comes on. But then Abby Larkin did so well. I think we're going to see more of her. We're going to see more of Abby rather than Amber coming on, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Yes, yeah, so one player I did want to ask you guys a little bit more about Abby because obviously quite a young player. Um, I know I... I've held my hands up. I was quite harsh about her earlier on in the year in terms of like where she was at. And I mean, her performance last night was so good for someone at 18 years of age coming on at that stage. Everything in the balance, you know, historic first ever game. It's, it's a lot on young shoulders, but there was a moment, I don't know if you guys saw it on the TV, but whenever she was just about to come on with Lucy Quinn and Lucy Quinn clearly turned to her and said like, this is unreal. I hope you're soaking up this moment. And she just gave this like big smile and you could, she just kind of went as in like, I can't believe this either. But it also spoke to her being in a really good mind space. I thought that that's her reaction. She was just soaking it all in and being like, this is flipping class. The the young ones are the best to go on there. They don't care. They're like, whatever, just put me on the pitch. Like We'd probably be like, oh my God, the implications, what does this mean? Blah, blah, blah. No, the... She doesn't care. She's just going to go on there and play. And you, you mentioned Lucy Quinn. I thought she was great when she came on as well. Like really clever, just holding up the ball, really nice. You know, she looked really lively. Um, it's difficult, like, because Lucy, I found when Lucy came on, she got into really nice spaces. She found those spaces in between the midfield and the forward line. Who are you going to pick for next game? You know, it's a really difficult thing because we we played really well. We started really well. But we finished even better. What does that mean to a manager? Getting into Vera's head, do you think she'll make any changes considering how adverse she is to it no. normally? No. no. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> the immediate, no. We, we, we don't need to change much. Like we really don't need to change much um, from yesterday. It's it maybe just, again, just a little bit less risk adverse and get that thing about making mistakes out of your head because... Um, they'll happen whether you want them to or not. Uh, but we, we're still going to want to frustrate the Canadians for a long time. I still want to get to the first half. Nil all would be happy with that. But then it's can we come out in the second half and break rank a little bit and just go for it a bit, a little bit earlier, not take it for us to go a goal down. Because massive opportunity there now, particularly with them drawing today. It's huge opportunity. They should be so excited for the second game as well. Yeah, I still can't get over the fact that Vera actually said that to them at halftime. Like, surely your words of encouragement should be literally, we have it all to play for. Let's go out there and play for it rather than don't mess it up, guys. <laughs> um, so, overarching feeling after yesterday is we're feeling positive, we're feeling happy, feeling a little bit emotional about the history of the night and general pride in this so team proud, yeah. and everyone who got there. 
Absolutely. But I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing yeah. because everybody's buzzing in Ireland. Like I'm not talking about technically, tactically, because there are lots of things you can talk about. But the fact that the whole country feels hard done by and is so proud of the girls, that makes me very, very happy. And I haven't had a phone yeah. call from my dad given out, which is <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> you don't know how many people asked me last night where you were going to get a phone call from your dad, considering how the team played. So, uh, yeah. Timmy's very happy. Timmy's happy. So it's thumbs up. Timmy's happy. We're all happy. <laughs> That is excellent news. Uh, yeah, it was actually really nice yesterday because I spent a lot of the day talking to fans and I ran into so many people who were regular listeners of the po- of the podcast and uh, all had very, very nice things to say, which was very nice when you're so far away from home, you don't expect to run into that many people. Um, and lots of talk about what excellent analysis the two of you are. So, which I already knew, obviously, because I get to talk to you for like 40 minutes every week. <laughs> Listen, uh, for anyone we, listening we, on podcast, the two of them are coyly like shrugging their shoulders, being like, "Oh, we're fine." We yeah. say things on the podcast, <laughs> and it happens on the pitch. You know, this could yeah. be like somebody's in one nil, in one nil against Canada. <laughs> but we have Mystic Meg, Arsenal legend Emma Byrne says, <laughs> and then future Ireland manager Karen Duggan. So we're pretty set already. <laughs> I, I haven't really got anywhere to go, but it's fine. I'll just like write the books about you or something down oh, the line. I'm yeah. the manager. I'll just do water girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the player managers. <laughs> we be putting ourselves in there. Oh, it's a penalty. I'm going on. Uh, <laughs> I'll save that one. Don't worry. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, the Koi Gig Pod on OTV is sponsored by Cabri, official snack partner to Republic of Ireland women's national team. Uh, we are running a little series at the moment where we like to nominate our best supporter and a half every couple of podcasts or so. And this one, this is actually someone I met last night who's from Apple. She's a very big fan of the podcast. Her name is Hannah Cadigan and she was there with a flag from her local pub, which uh, the barman asked her to get on the TV somehow. So I did an interview with her and kindly obliged, which I assume means that I am entitled to a free beverage next time I'm in Echo for such a thing. But uh, yeah, Hannah is a really strong follower of the podcast. I see her in my Twitter mentions a lot, retweeting the stuff we do and talking about how much she loves the podcast. So really appreciate her support. And the fact that she also flew halfway around the world to go watch the Ireland team is pretty sweet and dragged her parents along with her too so yeah shout out to hannah and everyone else who listens to the podcast it is really nice the amount of support that you guys give us but for now we are going to head off uh i would love to say i'm heading off to my bed but i still have an entire day's worth of work to go so if anyone (laughs) sees me around brisbane in the next 24 hours just don't talk to me maybe just hand me a coffee and uh, give me a smile so that i don't burst into tears but emma and karen thank you very very much i hope you enjoy your days thank you And we will see you all ahead of the Canada game. Nearly forgot who we're playing next there. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. You can get us at the Koi Gig Pod on Twitter. Uh, we always love to hear about all your thoughts, comments, queries about various different games. And uh, we'll make sure to answer some of those queries ahead of the game in our next podcast. But for now, we shall leave you all. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury, a player and a half, deserves a glass and a half of support.